0: Welcome to the Crosswalk Community Church Podcast. Once again, I want to wish a happy Palm Sunday to everybody that's here. And uh, we're going to be continuing the series of breakthrough that we started last week. And we're setting our focus on believing for a great breakthrough in our lives. And the central point in this series is that God still does the impossible. Let's take a second. Who in this room was able to go and see the movie on Wednesday night? That's a, that's a whole lot of you. Wasn't it? I mean, just, it's an amazing story, right? And, and, and the thing is, is it's not like a story that we have recorded from like 300 A.D. or 600 A.D. This happened four years ago in St. Louis, Missouri, right? So this isn't, you know, God's still doing the impossibility, the impossible, In our lives. Last week, Pastor talked about believing big and praying big, to believe for those big breakthroughs in our lives. He spent some time talking about making sure not to compartmentalize God, not to put them in our own little boxes. And because when we do that, we have this possibility of missing out on the breakthrough. This week, we're going to continue diving in looking today at how we get in the proper position to receive the miraculous acts of God. We're going to look today at how we overcome impossible situations by the power of God. And So many of us are facing impossible circumstances in our lives all the time. Some of us, it might be with our jobs, our finances, maybe it's our family or friends that are going through it, maybe we have some health concerns or it could be anything else. Maybe you've recently received some bad news from your employer, or you didn't get the raise that you were promised. Or maybe you've heard, like in the movie, you heard the doctors say that there just isn't anything else that they can do. And it's in these times that we start to see the impossible mounting in front of us. And so today, I'm here to assure you that we serve the God of the impossible. The God of breakthrough, and the God who still performs miracles, And the God who knows you intimately, knows where you are at, knows what's going on, and loves you deeply. Now some of us here may not be in this situation. For some of us, things might be going pretty well. Got some money in the bank, see that vacation on the horizon, everything's going a okay. And if that is your case today, well then thank God for all the great things He's done in your life. (laughs) But it's amazing how fast that can change, isn't it? One phone call or text can completely turn that world all the way upside down. And so it's said that we are either all in the middle of a crisis, walking into a crisis, or heading out of a crisis. And so today we're going to focus on what do we do when crisis does strike. And first let's clarify just a little bit. There are many things in our lives that we refer to as problems... But maybe not, uh, they might not meet that criteria of being a crisis. They may be inconvenient, they may be intimidating or downright irritating. But if they can be solved on our own efforts, maybe with just a little bit of money in the bank or a little bit of extra labor, they're not really the kind of problems we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the ones that when we run up against something that's much bigger than that. We have a situation where there's no amount of money in the bank that can fix it. The employer's hands are tied. It doesn't matter. The doctors have ran out of options. That's that's the kind of crisis we're talking about today. And so these are the times when we run up against those problems that we need to position ourselves for a breakthrough. We need God to deliver a breakthrough like only he can. In these times, we have to make a choice to believe God is bigger than the impossibility in front of us and believe big and pray big. In these times, we cannot allow fear to overwhelm or enslave us, causing us to give up or give in. The bigger the impossibility in front of us, the more we have to firmly position ourselves for a miracle. We can overcome every circumstance and every impossibility that we are facing, no matter what it is. Why can we do this? because Jesus overcame death on the cross. In the book of John chapter 16:33, he says, "I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world." And this is why we celebrate Easter. It is the reason we can experience a breakthrough in our lives. We have this belief that God raises the dead to life even today. It's why I can stand here and tell you that God still does the impossible. We stand and rely on the promises of the Lord as found in Romans 1.4 that basically says the same spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us through the Holy Spirit. And so our world can turn upside down in an instant. One moment we are sailing along across gentle blue water. And in the next moment, a storm hits. Suddenly, we are tossing and turning, grasping at anything to try and control our ship. We weren't expecting the storm, and we weren't prepared for it. It reminds me of the passage of Scripture where the disciples faced a similar storm. Let's read along from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked the disciples, or he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. And so we can see from the first part of the story, they're starting to make a way across this lake when suddenly a storm came up. Uh, This storm, however, shouldn't have been a big surprise because this lake is actually the Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee is notorious for ferocious storms, similar to how our lives can be. See, the Sea of Galilee is actually located about 600 feet below sea level, and it's surrounded almost completely by mountains, So as the cold air rushes down off the mountains, it often will kick up violent storms on the water. In fact, it's pretty typical for waves in the Sea of Galilee to reach over 20 feet high. Even though this was common, though, it doesn't change the fact that this storm was serious, or or any storm there could be serious. With waves like that, the boat could capsize, and you could flip a boat over, you you could die. And so the disciples panicked when the storm hit. Interestingly enough, though, a lot of the disciples were experienced sailors. At least a few of them were. That's what the scriptures tell us, right? So they had already been through all these kinds of storms before, so apparently this one went beyond even their ability. They were very desperate. This is similar to our lives. Even the most seasoned Christians among us will face impossibilities and storms that could shake us or overwhelm us. And in these times, we too are desperate. In the passage, we see that as the storm raged on, the disciples panicked and allowed fear to take over completely. They forgot momentarily who was in the boat with them. While they panicked in fear, being overcome by a storm, they forgot the one who had overcome the world was sitting in the boat with them. They forgot in the moment that Jesus is the one that covers desperate situations. I submit to you today that the feeling of desperation that they had may have actually been a good thing. Too often in our lives, we aren't desperate. We try and use our own understanding and our own abilities to overcome problems. But when we face impossibilities, we need to be desperate. It's in that desperation that we begin to position ourselves for the miracle. It's when that's when we start to position ourselves for breakthrough. And so I know most of us in here just saw this film, Breakthrough, but I want to, for the people that weren't there, I want to kind of give a quick recap because we're going to show a small clip this morning. But essentially, a teenager from Missouri, his name was John Smith, had fallen through ice on a pond and had been dead for over one hour when his mom made it to the hospital, was called into the hospital room. And in an instant... She was in the midst of the greatest storm of her life, facing the death of her son. She walked into the room and prayed, Holy Spirit, I need you now, bring my son back to life. And in that moment, after an hour of no pulse and no oxygen, John suddenly had a pulse. The storm wasn't over yet, though. It had just begun. They next airlifted John to a children's hospital where they met with a doctor who was an expert in hypothermia and drowning. They were facing an incredible impossibility. Don't you just love the resolve that Joyce shows in that moment? She's hit with a big impossibility. And she chose to overcome the impossibility by choosing faith over fear. She chooses to believe in the one who has overcome the world rather than allowing fear to overcome her. Let's head back to the disciples for a moment. So they're on this boat, crossing the Sea of Galilee, and they are in for a really rough ride. In desperation, the disciples started to call it to Jesus. We're going to pick back up in verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Can you just kind of picture that? This boat's rocking back and forth, and there the Savior of the world is sitting there just relaxing on a pillow. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other, Even the wind and waves obey him. So, in their panic, they turn to Jesus and he is fast asleep. They can't believe it's possible that anyone could sleep through a storm like this. In their fear, they even call out a question as if to try to get Jesus to fear with them Teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. They seem confused that he was asleep. And even today, his disciples can feel confused when storms hit. We pray and nothing happens. Maybe we start to feel as if Jesus is sleeping. And when we feel this way, we become even more desperate. In the passage, we can see that this wasn't the first time the disciples had a lack of faith. I'm thankful that even when we do lack faith, Jesus is still powerful and can still bring breakthrough. God is still the God of the impossible. I'm thankful that his ability to break through is based completely upon him and who he is, and not on who we are or what we can do. So then how do we overcome our impossibilities and not let them overcome us? How do we position ourselves for breakthrough? Well, the first thing we have to remember is that storms are going to come. Scripture clearly tells us that as we journey along with Jesus, various trials and tribulations will come. We need to be ready for them and not let them overtake us. Remember, Jesus is riding in the boat with us. He is on the journey with us. All we need to do is call upon his name. So I want to discuss three points that will help us overcome impossible situations in our life. The first point is, we need to know your go-to. What do you do when the storms come? When, what, you, what you do when they come also says a lot about you. What is your go-to position? Is it fear, worry, or anxiety? Is it anger or depression? Do you try to fix it yourself? How long does it take you To admit that you don't have the fix. I submit to you today that, much like the disciples, we need to remember that Jesus is in the boat with us and we need to rely on the promises of God. David wrote this promise while he was facing his own impossibilities. In the book of Psalms 34 17 to 18, it says, The Lord hears his people when they call him for help, he rescues them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And in this scripture, we see what our initial go to position should be. But so often we refuse to cry out for help when we ignore our brokenness. We allow the impossibility to overcome us instead of allowing God to overcome the impossibility. Instead, though, we should position our heart and our mind for a breakthrough, and in doing so, we allow the Lord to exchange our fear for courage and our worry for bravery. Responding like this may very well affect the outcome of the storm. This is exactly where we need to believe big and pray big. We need to make our go-to position praying first. Point number two is to realize it is spiritual. As I was reading through the material this week and preparing for this, this is always one of those ones where I think as Christians, when we're kind of at that 30,000-foot level, we're like, okay, well, I believe in God, and I believe that he sent Jesus to die for us, and that he's in heaven, And then when we start to talk about the fact that there may be an enemy still among us and he's actually actively trying to work against us, we kind of like to, I think some of us, we like to push that to the side because it's maybe it's a little strange and we just don't like to think about it. But the fact of the matter is, Scripture very clearly tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We don't like to talk about it because it's a difficult part of our faith to understand sometimes. But we have an enemy, and his name is Satan. And Scripture tells us his plan. He has come to rob, kill, and destroy us. And he is the one that turns our life upside down and tries to bring out impossibility for us. So we often forget who our real enemy is. And we see our mean boss at work, maybe our exes the guy with the Wolverine sticker that cut me off in traffic, or anyone else that has wronged us is our enemy. But they're not. Our enemy is Satan. Satan hates God, and he hates everything that God loves. And so by the fact that God loves you, Satan hates you. And if you haven't heard that before, let me be the first to tell you, Satan hates you. His goal is to destroy your life, Rob your joy and kill your faith. I want to share some points from Jesus and the Apostles Paul and Peter warning us to be aware of these schemes. First, Satan will try to blind you. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Satan will try to keep you from seeing and accepting and remembering God's truth. Satan will seek to steal from you. In John 10:10, 10, 10, Jesus shows us that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, while Jesus says, "I have come that there may be life, that they may have life and have it to the full." Satan will seek to stop you. He will try and prevent you from going where God calls you in order to stop the spread of the good news. In 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18, Peter wrote, For we wanted to come to you, certain or sorry, Paul wrote, Certainly I, Paul did, again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Satan will seek to destroy you. In 1 Peter 5 8, Peter writes, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The battle we are in is spiritual. And it's being waged in an unseen world. We see the issues in the physical, but the root of them is not here. Which is why the battle has to be fought in the spiritual realm. With the spiritual weapons God has given us, and that scripture depicts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-4 to 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We simply cannot fight on our own power. We need God's power. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We need to put on this armor of God daily in order to repel the enemy's attacks. And so again, I, I want to say that some of this stuff is challenging. It may even seem a little scary and we kind of sometimes get caught up on it, but we always have to remember the promise of God as found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Point three, we need to overcome despite the outcome. This is another one that's hard for us in our humanness. We have, I think, sometimes, I know, I know I'm guilty of it, we have the, the desired outcome that we're really praying to God for, and sometimes that just doesn't happen. But we can't worry about the outcome of the situations we're facing. We just need to trust God for the breakthrough. In Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 26, Jesus is recorded as saying, Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? We need to believe God for the breakthrough and trust in his promises. We need to align with God's will to position for the breakthrough. This means no matter what happens, we need to trust God for the outcome. And so, in closing today, I know you guys are liking this. You can get to Cracker Barrel before everybody else. <laughs> in closing today, I know that some of us here are currently in the midst of storms. We're currently overwhelmed by impossibilities in our own lives. And if that's you today, I implore you. To desperately call upon the Lord our God, who is able to do the impossible. Our God is able, and he is on your side. These are a couple more promises found in Scripture. Paul wrote the following in Ephesians chapter 3. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And the book of Romans chapter 8 says this in verse 31, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? We need to remember that Jesus is in our boat. He is on your side. You are not alone. In these times of impossibility, it's the time to believe big and pray big and trust God to overcome the impossibility. This podcast has been recorded live at Crosswalk Community Church. Services are held every Sunday at 10 a.m. at 925 South Telegraph Road in Monroe, Michigan.